You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I read a blog post I wrote two years ago, spring of 2021. I had settled into my new life in a beach town and had just renewed my lease for another year. I had found an online writing community and finished a real draft of my memoir. I was feeling good, except for one thing, my sleep sucked. Sometimes I'd be awake for three hours just lying there as if I was on alert for danger. Other nights I would wake up with a hot flash so intense I'd whip my covers across the bed and then when my body finally cooled down enough to fall asleep, I'd wake up shivering. For the rest of the night I would alternate between being too hot and too cold sleeping with only a sheet and then covering half my body with a blanket, then covering my whole body and then rinse and repeat. This went on for months. At the time, I started to become more interested in what I was putting into my body and I had finished doing the Whole30 regimen, which was no sugar, dairy, carbs, nor alcohol. I didn't lose any weight or body fat, but I did sleep better. One day I decided I wanted to know more about this menopause thing. First, I journaled and reflected about my life since I had been plunged into perimenopause 15 years earlier. The more I reflected, the more I realized that women have been trained to resist and reject this part of their lives. I hope you enjoy my reading of this blog post about coming into relationship with menopause. Don't kid yourself. Men, you have your own version of hormone fluctuations and you can be just as moody as women. It's just more accepted for you. Now, before I dig into the story, I was wondering if you would be willing to support Dose of Depth podcast by becoming a financial supporter for as little as $5 per month. If you just want to leave me a tip on a specific episode, send me a note at dlukovich at gmail.com. That would be cool too. Uh, Just click on the little heart on the Dose of Depth logo if you want to know about becoming a monthly supporter. Thanks for considering supporting my work in this way, and please share my podcast episodes with other people who might be entertained or helped by my free content. The title of this blog post is How to Make Menopause Your Best Friend for Men Too, so men don't go away. Do you even know what menopause means? I had to go to three different websites to get clear on how the medical community defines the three supposed stages of the big fat transition from being able to make babies to not being able to make babies. That's really all it is, according to science. I'm so glad I wasn't born back in the day when girls were shamed during that time of the month. Shame for your natural way of being is a way for oppressors to get your permission to oppress you. Thankfully, my Catholic elementary school had a very honest and thoughtful approach to sex education. It was during the 70s. By the time my daughter reached that magical age, period parties were back in style. Thank you, Marlo Thomas, and the feminists who came before me. On the other hand, I don't think menopause really came out of the closet until recently. 
sales of those old-fashioned handheld fans along with the newer electric versions likely went through the roof once promoted by that very first smart person who saw them as a way to make money off providing relief to millions of women who were suffering from hot flashes. There's still some shame going on, though. Women secretly laugh over cocktails about the awkwardness of pulling their fans out during a business meeting. Why? For fear of being seen as somehow less than. Beneath the laughter is anger towards being judged as somehow inferior. That look of reverence husbands have on their faces watching their wives give birth doesn't seem to last all that long. And even if the father of your children are in awe of your capacity to birth new life into the world, your male bosses are not, and neither are most of the political leaders who pretend to value life for money and votes. The faked reverence by too many for women's capacity to create life is revealed once it butts up against the egos of men whose identities are affixed to the false narrative that profits are always more important than everything else. The way women experience menopause is not natural, in my opinion. The economic system in which we live thrives on selling you something. We don't really know what menopause even looks like when experienced naturally. A mind, body, and soul approach to menopause. This post is about that time of life. Menopause is about more than biology. Within it lies the secret to unleashing new creative potential. Many do not want you to know this. That's why women who dare express the emotions that accompany that time of life are quickly put in their place through more shame. I call on my own life experience to inspire you to make friends with menopause. The body, hot flashes, night sweats, and belly fat. My awareness about how the food industry has been fucking with our bodies was high already, but going through Eric Edmead's week-long Mind Valley course called Seven Days to Breaking Up with Sugar really pissed me off. Do your hormones fluctuate during that time of month and during this life transition? Yes. Does what you put in your body make it worse? Yes. Do pharmaceutically created substances help in the short term? Sometimes. Do these remedies often lead to new problems you never had before? Yes. Here's what I learned. The food and diet industries feed into each other, trapping you in a cycle of eating and dieting. It's the only way they both can survive and keep making money. Sugar and artificial sweeteners are the cornerstone of the devious plot. I was shocked when I understood how much three grams of sugar really was, and it is often added simply to get you to want to eat more than you otherwise would. It's a redo of the tobacco industry before it got caught purposely addicting people to nicotine. I'm so excited I found steel-cut oatmeal with zero sugar. Same with bone broth, which is good for collagen, and glycine for metabolism. I tried making my own, but that was too much. And of course, companies are quick to make a buck, and soon I couldn't afford to even buy bone broth. <sighs> I learned that fruit is not the enemy, just eat it on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. The mind, loss of focus, purpose, and sense of direction. For 10 years, I was just lost Jane Fonda admitted during an Oprah interview. This was years ago, but it stuck with me until I could relate to what she was saying. She went on to explain how she fell apart in her 40s. Of course, no one knew this except her. She didn't know what she wanted or what life meant to her. Only in hindsight could she see that feeling lost was part of transitioning from one part of life to another part, transitioning from the part of life where other people's approval is more important than being authentic and transitioning to something that is unknown. Moving towards this unknown new version of yourself can be frightening because you don't know how long it will take to get there. 
I was about 38 when I was plunged into the mysterious world of perimenopause. Because I had never heard of perimenopause, I wasn't prepared, nor did I even know what the signs were. It was a very stressful time in my life. My husband and I had agreed that he would take a job in a new industry. He would have to pay his dues, and then the job would be a stepping stone to wherever he wanted to go next. We had two young children, and I was also building a consulting business. One night when my husband was out of town, which was occurring more and more, I had put the kids to bed, and as I lay in my bed watching TV, I noticed my right arm was tingling. It was kind of numb. Is my right arm numb? I wondered. No, it's just falling asleep, I told myself. I breathed. Am I overreacting? I think I googled symptoms of stroke. Is it the right arm or the left arm? I told myself I wasn't feeling what I was feeling. I turned the TV back on to distract me, and then I couldn't deny it, and I I got scared. I called the after-hours nurse. I only called the nurse because I was being tormented by the image of my children finding me dead in the morning. How long have you felt this way? The nurse calmly asked me. I guess 20 minutes was too long, and she said she was sending an ambulance. I replied, I have to call my sister. My husband is out of town. My brother-in-law came over to be there in case the kids woke up. I don't even remember riding in the ambulance. I think it's anxiety, a panic attack, the doctor said. I was alone in the ER at the hospital. Really? I felt so embarrassed. And then I felt embarrassed about being embarrassed. I hadn't even been feeling panicky or anxious about life. That is, until that night when I thought I might be having a stroke. The good news was I was fine. The bad news was my overachieving doctor now had a mystery on her hand. It wasn't my heart. I had a stress test. My endurance was that of a 25-year-old, apparently. Then my doctor asked, Can you think of any way you felt different before this happened? She was like a detective. Well, I haven't had a solid poop in a week, I said with embarrassment on my face. Progesterone, she immediately said. The stress of my life had cut my progesterone hormone levels off at the knees. Oh, and of course, this made me feel weak, not being able to control my body. I went on to become an advocate for bioidentical progesterone cream when I witnessed pharmaceutical companies fighting against my right to this natural miracle supplement. Soon after, another mysterious symptom appeared. One day I said to my husband, I can't focus. I literally can't get myself going. My mind is so noisy. I can't even sit down and begin to work in the morning. My mind did not feel in sync with my body and the noise just wouldn't go away. I was scared again. I could tell my doctor had been waiting for me to admit that I couldn't handle everything in my life like I thought I could. Again, weakness. Other people have real problems, I would say. And she'd say, don't do that. And then she'd give me a hug. It felt like giving in, giving up, but I had to try the little pill she knew I didn't want to take. Within two minutes, my mind cleared, like Moses parting the Red Sea. Whatever had been tormenting me was driven down into the depths of the ocean, for now. I got myself off that magic pill a couple years later after I was no longer able to get aroused sexually. Eventually, I would have to deal with the root cause of my noisy mind. The soul, depression, tears, anger. Not until after my divorce did I realize that my marriage had acted as a security blanket. I loved my husband, and the unraveling of our 24-year marriage reflects the complexity of the evolving partnership between a man and a woman. 
Our projections onto each other highlighted our attempts to heal the unconscious collective wounds inflicted upon the feminine and the masculine. We tried. We still cared about each other. We still do, and our young adult children are amazing. First comes grief. Did you know that every tear shed releases a thousand toxins from your body? That heavy movement you feel in your chest during and after a big cry is your soul making new meaning. Then comes anger. Do you know why some men make women feel bad about their anger? Because they're secretly afraid of the power women have over them. Think about it. Only men who are insecure need to hold women back in any way. Only men who are insecure need to blame women for why they rape them. But men carry their own patriarchal wound, too. Anger is not pretty, but it is beautiful. If it's not allowed to be unleashed in a healthy way, beware. When it's allowed to be unleashed, it creates. My first post-divorce relationship, my PhD research on women, sex, and God, and anger at my dog, he was peeing on every piece of furniture at the time, and hot flashes all collided at once a year before I moved from my hometown to the beach town. This is when I started experiencing night sweats. They are what they sound like. You wake up in a puddle of sweat, and then you shiver from feeling cold. Sometimes you have to change your sheets. Many dreams that visited me at the time featured the phallus, phallic symbol, the penis. Over the course of many dreams, the phallus image evolved from an object of shame to having one attached to my body, which I loved and I kissed. I felt like that woman fighting to reclaim her spirit, the one that Jungian analyst and philosopher Linda Leonard describes in her book, Meeting the Mad Woman, an Inner Challenge for Feminine Spirit. Back then, I felt compelled to draw all the swirling forces that couldn't be contained anymore. I called my drawing Womb on Fire. I drew my womb with hot, colorful, flowing lava, a penetrating penis, and flames of red, orange, yellow, and purple bursting up and out of my womb. All around the image, I wrote these words, take in the phallus, purple god, womb is vessel, phallus is feminine, fire, volcano, madwoman equals crazy and creative. In the next few days, after expressing all my volcanic emotional eruption on the page, I brought form to something that had been living in me that I was previously unable to articulate. I prepared and presented my workshop at the Alverno University Community Conference titled Healing the Collective Wounds that Prevent Deep Connection Between Men and Women. And then my inner madwoman went on to tell me exactly when and how to end the relationship with a man who had served as a soulmate. My first post-divorce romantic relationship, the one filled with irony and passion, had run its course, and it became obvious. After grief and anger came anxiety. I'm working through that now still, although it's better. I'm not even through with the transition and my life is already so different. I got in my car and drove away from the place I had spent all my life. I launched myself as a writer. I'm getting ready to move again. I'm going to be publishing my memoir. I don't know what I'm doing and I've had to do things for which others surely are judging me. Just a couple weeks ago, I flipped a guy off for the first time ever. It was so exciting. A week earlier, I had run into the gas station and a man said that thing that always pisses me off. Smile, you look so pretty. The part of me that was taught to please others held me back from telling him to fuck off in that moment. I walked out berating myself for accommodating this man because I smiled. I tried to let it go, but clearly the energy remained in my body. Two weeks later, I walked past a car and the man in it yelled some disrespectful phrase. 
Suddenly, I felt no fear and no obligation to be polite. I didn't turn around, though. I didn't look at him. I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of seeing my face. I just proudly walked on and put my finger up in the air and said, fuck you. For me, it was one of my most empowering moments. I'm not afraid. C.G. Jung believed women were particularly suited to bringing a new consciousness to the importance of soul and relationship to compensate for a too one-sided valuing of logic, consciousness, and spirit. I'm positive it does not have anything to do with being women anymore. Women have learned to be just as ugly and mean and misogynist as men, and many men are more in touch with their feminine than those ugly women. For those of us, men and women, who have a more balanced relationship with our feminine and masculine, who are willing to accept the risk of finding truth for ourselves, the reward is knowing that we are part of evolving the consciousness of humanity. Next Steps I hope I've given you a new way to look at menopause. Your dreams, emotions, mental health, body, they're all collaborating to tell you whether it's time for a change. Consider journaling about your reactions to this post, along with paying attention to your dreams the same night. You might enjoy watching the workshop I presented at Alverno University on YouTube. It's called, It Ain't Easy Being a Man Either, Transcending Fear-Based Movements. I'll include the link to the YouTube video in the description box. If you like my post and my podcast episode, please share it with others. Comment if you have time and check out my website. Subscribe to my email list and get a free copy of my first short story, The Fantasy. Your soul, unconscious, psyche is speaking to you all the time, but do you hear it and can you decode its messages? Are you ready to learn the language of the unconscious? Let me teach you in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. And if you're ready for one-on-one coaching, you can check out my services page on my website, deboralukovich.com. As always, thank you for reading my writing, listening to my podcast, and sharing it with others who might find pieces of their lives in my stories. I hope you enjoyed listening to me read my post about menopause, you two men. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.